0: What's up, guys? That's a little gentle start.
1: <laughs> welcome. A little soft start for yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Um, welcome welcome to the once save again it. to the Save Continue podcast. My name is Ryan Robinson. That's Shanae Howard over there. Happy to be here. That's Tom Shelby. What's up? Oh. Every week, we get together and we talk about video games and just enjoy each other's company.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. What a beautiful day. If the whole show is going to be like this, I'm leaving. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh
2: you don't know, like our npr voices
0: no i'm tired I, of it i'm sick of it
1: uh which is weird we need energy okay we need hype okay let me hold on i, I gotta right. finish my i gotta finish my red my bowl. christmas
2: my Christmas gift can help with the hype
1: well they're not cold yet yeah you gotta make sure they're chilled it says on the can they'll help with chilled. my hype tonight <laughs> yeah what are you doing to, oh tom you got a date tonight man
0: no oh. i'm doing family christmas things sure oh. yeah so you're, you're gonna need that energy sure maybe maybe i'll depending on the time try to stream later we'll
1: see depending on the time yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) sure tom yes i am aching and breaking to hear that trivia
0: okay so we're talking about fighting games this week we're also going to talk about our personal game of the year uh trivia has to do with fighting games what was the first fighting game with online multiplayer
2: Mm.
1: Can I ask for a hint? Like, sure. Like the console? It was
0: it ever- was in the Mortal Kombat franchise. Okay.
2: Mortal Kombat three.
0: No, <laughs> that'd be cool though. Although eventually that had uh, online
1: until it was delisted. It was in the Mortal Kombat franchise. Yes. And it was the first fighting game to have online multiplayer. Yep.
2: Annihilation. Nope retaliation
1: Retaliation. <laughs> uh, deception yes deception god damn it uh, I, but see if i'm not giving you the hint the only hint that i was actually going to ask was whether or not it was in the arcade you didn't have to give me that you'd have to tell me what franchise was part of all right well i'm still going to plug something at the end of the show go ahead okay but
2: you won't
0: but you can too okay cool
2: i won't plug anything
1: you plug your mouth hole. <laughs> You're going to say butt. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like Berto would have gotten upset. He doesn't yeah. watch this. True.
2: No. Here he, he listens to me talk enough.
1: Sure. Sure. I can imagine that's uh, hard on the uh, heart.
2: <laughs> All right, fighting games. Okay. Leave the conversation, Tom.
1: I just wanted
0: to talk about fighting games. Um, I've noticed a trend, so like... 2000. No. 1998, 1999 was Third Strike. Yeah. We didn't get Street Fighter 4 until 2008, 2009. That's like a 10 year gap there, right? And it seemed like before Street Fighter 4, fighting games were kind of dying off. We still had fighting games, obviously. Mortal Kombat Deception, right? Yeah. Uh, Smash Brothers, things of that nature. The occasional uh, fucking. Soul Calibur, Tekken Game, or whatever.
2: Guilty Blue.
0: But they were not nearly as popular Mm -hmm. as as they were. Deception, I think, is an outlier. Deception was, I think, the best-selling game in the Mortal Kombat franchise, I believe.
2: When did Tekken Tag tournament come out? uh,
0: Uh,
1: 2002, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously, we still had them, but they they were not as relevant and not as common. Uh, They were more of a risk at that point in time until the release of Street Fighter IV, uh, followed a few years later by Mortal Kombat 9. Yeah. And since then,
2: injustice.
0: Uh, since then, we've seen we've seen the, the the genre get back to where it was, and kind of in in many ways uh, exceed where where it used to be. Mm-hmm. So that's all. I just wanted to talk about it. I think it's interesting. Uh, I have a list of fighting games from just this year alone. <laughs> Uh, Guilty Gear XRD Revelator, Naruto Storm 4, Gundam vs. Ultra Street Fighter 2, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, Injustice 2, Brawlout, Tekken 7, Arms, uh, Chaos Code, Pokémon DX, like that's just this year, you know. Uh, man, that's not even all of them this year. There's, there's plenty that's that aren't on that list brawlhalla uh, you know um
1: i feel like doesn't it I think
0: Nidhog is now
1: at evo like wouldn't it wouldn't it be the because uh, there that brief decline of uh, that relatively brief decline of fighting games do you think i feel like it was correlative with the also the decline of uh, uh, the presence of arcades in the united states uh, i think that probably has something to do with it but
2: it's just a shift in attention i mean that's a lot of fps's were happening and right yeah. uh you know just what what developers and consumers were buying in general.
0: Well, and it's funny because like when we see this shift, right, we see uh developers and publishers going back to older styles of fighting games, yeah. right? Uh betwi- like both Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat had gone to a three D space and went yeah. back. Yeah. Right? Um, and we're more successful for it. And we're more successful for it. We we do see some uh, newer things, right? <laughs> the the rise of of Smash Brothers, right? Like Smash Brothers, yes, it's been around since N sixty four, but as far as, you know, mainstream success in a, in in like the competitive scene uh that really starts with melee, you know. And really still still with melee. But you you see companies that tried new things go going back to what they used to do and newcomers coming up with like whole new ideas for fighting games. I mean fucking Arms, you know. Yeah. Uh which Arms isn't a huge seller but like over a million sold is nothing to scoff at. Yeah. So it's just you know, it, it's just interesting to me, and and what we have coming next year, and I'm sure we don't know we don't know all the games that are coming in next year, but the ones that we do know, that list is huge. Yeah. You know, um, uh. it shows no signs of slowing down,
1: and I just want to see what you guys think about it. You know, it, it's funny because like when you have games that started in the 3D, it started in the 3D space. You know they're consistently successful with within like staying within that that realm. Yeah. Uh, when you have games that kind of make the shift between the two, like uh, like with Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat. Uh, for personally, uh, I always consider those games to be not as good as the predecessors. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um. Especially, it, especially... I see what you're saying. I see... Because, like, Tekken
0: started 3D. It yeah. remained 3D and is still yeah. just as like, good, if not like, better, than say, always. I was like,
2: Tekken is the one that I have... Right, dead uh, or the, alive or the whatever. ...the most experience with, and I've played the most of in the franchise. I yeah. think, like, besides 7, I've played at least an hour or two, uh, if... I mean, some a lot more than that. Right. Uh, since, like...
0: You've dipped your toes since, in all of them since pretty 2000, much 2000, right?
2: And they've all felt very much like Tekken. It always just feels like there's adding more to what's already there. Yeah. It doesn't really feel like it's anything like really deviates yeah. or I, changes. I you know what? I take that back cuz I didn't play Street Fighter versus Tekken really besides maybe like two. that
0: doesn't count for anybody. But <laughs> but like, you know, But
2: um, but um, my first like real like uh, uh but I never played that competitively. It was always like with friends or with my dad, and it was like something that we did. Right. Um but uh Berto got in- into the NBC competitive scene uh in San Antonio here, and that was the first time I've ever really been, like, watching somebody who is, like, doing that competitively. For like, NBC3? NBC3, yeah. Okay. Um... And I, I always find it like really interesting because a lot of the tournaments where you would go play MVC three, there was also Street Fighter being played there. As yeah, well. absolutely,
0: of course. So. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, obviously, but <clears> yeah. <throat> so I, so it was uh, like really interesting to find out uh, like how people really regard fighting games as far as like because I I did like LAN parties and I've like ha- obviously I've played Battlefield a lot and like I know a lot about competitive scene there for a while. Right. And just like the difference in mentality and kind of community is really interesting. Yeah. It seems, like, a lot more, uh, like, friendly in all, so many aspects comparative to, like, shooters. You know,
1: it's it's weird because I kind of feel, I do kind of feel like that might, that, and, like, I can't say for sure because I, I've never been, like, deep into, like, the competitive scene of any genre. Mm-hmm. But um, the things that I, the, a lot of the times where I, the things that I hear coming out of, you know, the fighting game community seem, are generally, like, you know, more positive. But uh, I wanted to, uh I want to, I, I'm glad that Sine brought up a Street Fighter Cross Tekken because I was thinking about the Tekken characters in that game and how, and how weird it felt to play with those characters on a 2D plane. Right. Um, because like if I'm, you know, if I'm playing as Jin Kazama, I, like I'm expecting to be able to like sidestep and, you know, do like all the moves that Jin does in like in a 3D space. And it was just, it was kind of, it, it, it was, it was functional. Like he, but I mean I don't see that as the
0: problem with that game. I think they adapted those characters to the best of their ability, right? You knew it was going to be a 2D game. Sure. And they did what they could in that 2D space, and I think for the most part it was successful. I think the biggest problem with that game was the gem system. Yeah. Um mm. but you know, it's it I th- I like that Shane brought up Tekken as well because you you are right like that series outside of tag tournament uh and 7 has not taken a lot of risks. Yeah. But what's interesting is, like, when they do take risks, they seem to be the most rewarded yeah. with with Tag Tournament and with 7, right? Yeah. Those are the two games that really stray from the traditional Tekken formula. Um,
2: it feels like, um, it just feels like, uh, comparatively, because I also played a lot of Soul Calibur 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, I don't know, it just, like, comparatively, it just feels like they take a lot of care, yeah, uh, with like the changes that they do make,
0: but very few changes though. At least well, with checking. I mean, I
2: mean, I'm saying like the care is because it's so few because they're, they're right. like they're like it seems like they contemplate it and really want it to succeed, and not that like you know Street Fighter or whatever does it have like just slapdash, but I just feel like they're they want to appeal to a broader audience and like I don't know, but I I could be wrong. I I mean y'all know about it much more, and they're trying new things because they want to be innovative and they want to give like the fans something new because they want they want them to be excited
0: i think an interesting thing is what 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 you're saying as far as appealing to a broader audience uh with capcom is that like tekken and soul caliber and and games like that do such a better job of appealing to a to a wider audience right like not just the competitive scene those games are great if you want to play by yourself um Whereas Capcom has traditionally, well, not traditionally, they used to care about that stuff. Things like World world, world Tour mode and different tournament no, modes back in the day. But since 4 and on, uh, they seem to care less about that and more about the competitive scene. And you see them kind of paying the price price for that, you know. Um, whereas games like the realms fighting games uh, came out and, like, really changed what a story mode in a fighting game could be. Yeah. Uh, and you see that being copied by Tekken now. Yeah. Um, and you see it somewhat copied by Capcom now. Yeah, well, I mean,
2: but it's just like uh, like my my dad could never, probably could never get really into MVC. <clears throat> yeah, like or even Street Fighter. I've seen him play it on a arcade, and he's just like very clunky with it. Sure, but like we played a lot of Tekken growing up, and then um, we played Tekken Six together, and he instantly can pick it up.
0: I mean, and- I think going from a six button fighter to a four button fighter definitely simplifies things a bit. But then again, adding that 3D space, like Mm -hmm. that, fucks me up real
1: bad. You know, (sighs) fuck me up, fam. You know, it's you know going back to 2009 when when put out Mortal Kombat and uh, they had that story mode, which it's like, like I did not expect, like I did not expect that, like yeah, nobody did. Uh, And you know, you you buy a fighting game, you don't expect that, and um, you know. Like playing that game and also seeing like the kind of the influence that, that, that was, that was, you know, kind of inspired by it. Like, cause you had that and then also I remember, uh, Tekken 6 came out and they kind of also, uh, they did more with, with the Tekken Force mode, like, Tekken Force became like an overarching story focusing on one central character, and you kind of just play as that character throughout yeah. the entire thing. Um, and then you see, and then you see other games trying to do that. And it was, in, which was, it was a weird uh, going back to what you were saying about Capcom and Street Fighter and their focus on the competitive scene. It was still kind of a, a weird omission uh, in Street Fighter Five to like not even have like a. Like a real like single player arcade mode, yeah, uh, especially, and like and it's in like you can't like on one hand, yes, they're focusing on the competitive scene, but you also see like nether realm games being successful in the competitive scene while also having that stuff in there,
0: yeah, and the, the funny thing is is that like with Capcom specifically, you know they used to have all these these great bonus modes, right some some of the best in my opinion, you know I, lo- I love world tour mode from alpha three, yeah uh. And 4, in the different iterations of 4, that game slowly got more and more nuts, right? Uh, By the time we got to Ultra 4, you could choose any variation from any Street Fighter 4 for each individual character, of which there's like a fuck ton of them. Yeah. Right? So balancing that game is near impossible. But that game's not about balancing. And that game, honestly, I don't think should ever be played competitively. I know it is heavily, but... You can't balance that. You can't balance a roster that size with that many different balancing uh balance types for each individual character. Uh but you know, with five, I think that the community really likes five because they really trimmed away the fat and they they took that game back to its core. And that's great. But like you're saying, that doesn't that doesn't do a lot for sales, right? Because the average person doesn't always have somebody to play with or doesn't want to play online or or whatever. You or know? they don't want to dedicate the time that it takes to be competitive. Right. Um, and then you see a response with MVC Infinite, which is a response. Like, sure. if you think it's not, it is. It's a response to, to the sales of five and it's a response to the success of right. NetherRealms games. Right. Um, and it seemed rushed. It sure. seemed rushed to market. Uh, it's an ugly game. It's not balanced. There, there are characters that are broken, you know. <laughs>
2: Um <laughs> so like, I just imagine that the actual like character model is broken and just on the ground.
0: Well no, but like Spider Man specifically <laughs> yeah. has two moves that you can do repeatedly and there is nothing your opponent can do to break that. Yeah. You know? And it'll take you ten minutes to beat that character. But like <laughs> you will you will win.
1: Yeah. You know?
2: Why do you think the uh oh, well how how well did the Killer Instincts on the Xbox One do?
1: Oh, quite well. <coughs> it's funny. Like in, the,
2: in like in the fighting scene.
1: Oh, that I can't tell you.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm asking Tom. Yeah.
0: In the scene, Killer Instinct does well. Uh, it, it's funny because it seems more successful now than it, than it was. Yeah. When, when Double Helix first put it out on Xbox One, uh, people who own an Xbox One, I mean, they took to it you know but that's, but also
2: there was a very limited selection of games when it first came out
0: and that was the only place you could buy it at the time yeah you know now that it's on Steam uh, it seems to be getting a second life but
2: would you say it's an extra life
0: yeah I would I would
1: say that and I will say that it's an extra life <laughs> <laughs> I really expected Tom saying second life to segue into someone making a joke about second life yeah uh, sure
2: the boy mayor of second life
1: <laughs> uh and then
0: there's, there's interesting things. We're at, like, we got Ultra Street Fighter 2 this year, mm-hmm. which critically didn't do well. Like, the critics didn't like it, but that game sold incredibly
1: well. And it's Street Fighter 2, you know? Yeah. Um, well, something that I've seen, uh, that I've been seeing in social media a lot, where, where that's specifically that game is concerned, yeah. is people using it to, like, introduce their kids to like fighting games. Well, not or, to mention it's I, been like, almost a their, decade yeah. since we could play Street Fighter 2 online. Yeah. yeah. Or like just introduce their kids to Street Fighter like period, you know. You uh know. you know, just because I th- I think that there's I think that there is something to it uh, as far as showing someone, you know, like the value or like like where the game came from, you know, kind of like uh, what you were doing with your kids in Pokemon. Right. Um, you know, showing them how like that franchise, that series kind of got started, like what that game was like in the beginning um, and, you know, and contrast it to what it is now. Um, and it's it's but the cool thing about um, Street Fighter 2 is you've talked before about evergreen games. Yeah. And Street Fighter 2 based on what I'm seeing like younger people like 12 and under mm-hmm. and their response to that like it seems like Street Fighter 2 is very much that.
0: Yeah, I mean, my son's hyped for it, you know. He's yeah. fucking 11 years old. Yeah. But uh
2: Oh, Bradley's 11.
0: You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh you know, next year we're getting Dragon Ball Fighters, which I think I know a lot of people are excited for. it's, right. it's the MVC game that we didn't get. Sure, you know, sure. Um, we're getting that weird Blaze Blue crossover game with Persona and all that shit. We're yeah. getting Blade Strangers. We're getting the 30th anniversary collection of Street Fighter, which just got announced. Which that's like four games, some of which we've never been able to play online. Sure, that'll be playable online. Um, it's not just four games, but four that are available to play online, and uh, it's going to be fantastic. I've never played Alpha Three online. Yeah. You know?
2: Are you excited? I'm
0: very excited, yeah.
2: Uh oh, you don't even need a Red Bull to be hyped about that.
1: No. <laughs> uh you know, every once in a while and I don't feel like I've mentioned this game like since the beginning of this podcast, but uh it's probably because no one gives a shit about it. But uh remember uh Rising Thunder Tom? Seth Killian's game? Yeah, that's coming back. Yeah. Uh, For free. Yeah. So, uh, cause I remember before, I don't know if it was being crowdfunded or if it was just an early access and just, just went away, but, uh. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. But yeah, it's, 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 in it's one of those, it's, again, it's, it's, I remember it was banking on that whole model of, hey, uh, you don't need to remember complex fighting moves to, like, be competitive with this game. Right. Which I think that there is a value to that. Um, and I think that's a way to uh, make fighting games. Like, if we're trying to talk about making fighting games more accessible and inclusive, mm-hmm. that's something that you can do. Um, it's though when we talk about fighting games, we don't. We often talk about like one on one, like two D plane, or or uh, or Tekken or Virtual Fighter or Dead or Alive, which are three D plane. Uh, we don't really talk about. Uh, we, there's that whole debate going that had been going. I don't know if it's still happening with whether or not Smash is a fighting game. looks Looks like a fighting game to me. Uh,
0: people are, are seem to be coming around on a lot of that. Like we know Smash has been in Evo forever. Like I said, I'm pretty sure Nidhog is there now. Uh, Pokin has been there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know th- things of that nature. But Arms, people mm-hmm. are considering that to be a fighting game. But accessibility is interesting when it when it comes to fighting games because like. The whole thing with Seth Killian is like, he thinks the focus shouldn't be on learning how to do moves, but knowing when to execute those moves. Right. Um, which there's a value I, d- I disagree, but I, I do think there's like, yeah, there is a value for people that want to be able to play fighting games on some level, you right. know?
2: Well, also like just different thought processes on on that. I think that like, you know, having a variety. Um, How do you feel about like things like a, like, Dragonz- Dragon Ball, like, Budokai, and Naruto Ultimate Storm, comparative to, like, more mainstream, like, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, Tekken.
0: I think they're awesome. They're nowhere near as deep, uh, but I think they're awesome. They're a fun time. I remember um, when-
2: Story-wise, I think that they're I mean, deeper in some aspects, but they also have source material to go in, to have that broader kind yeah. of atmosphere.
0: But, like, I remember boot- playing Budokai way back when, and, like... That game looked fucking awesome. It still looks awesome, yeah. Yeah. you know, and it's fun to do and it's fun to see fucking explosions and shit. And like, do I think it's a deep fighting game with deep mechanics? No, I don't. But it's fun.
1: Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, uh, um, and, I, and I feel like in the end, that's kind of all. That's that's the most important thing. Yeah. Uh,
2: do you think that, that? I mean, not necessarily that we need any la- labels, but I mean, do you think uh, there should be like a different kind of, I guess, like subset? labels like you know for those type of fighting games instead of just calling them all fighting games
0: i don't because like there's different kinds of shooters right there's different kinds of platformers but like we don't we still clump them together um, um we
2: do just keep adding tags to them we
0: do yeah but like as far as like you know this is a fighting game and this is like casual fighting game. Like, no, I don't think that's necessary. Or
2: a story-driven fighting game versus competitive fighting game.
0: Well, even the more story-driven fighting games, right? Even like Injustice 2 or or uh, Mortal Kombat, like, while those have a more fleshed-out story mode, they're still not great stories and you're still going to play through it once and probably just play the multiplayer, you right. know? I mean, if I, I'd, a-
2: rather, I'd rather just... Read the comic books and then yeah. and then read a synopsis of what it, the game is. If fighting adds. game
0: comes out and there might be one that I don't know about, but if a fighting game comes out where the focus is the story, then sure. But, I mean that's
2: Naruto and Dragon Ball, in my opinion.
0: I mean, yeah, maybe you've had more experience with those than I oh, have. I've
2: also I've also like mainly played those story modes and yeah. and like and then once you've gotten to a certain part of the story so we can unlock characters, then I've played with friends. Yeah. But it seems like uh, I don't know. I
0: I would assume most people play those for the uh, the multiplayer. I mean, that's just an assumption. Like I said, I've not played a lot of those games. Uh, but al- also the fact that like those games are not considered canon. You know, like none of them are.
2: Uh, there are. Um, I forgot which Naruto game I pl- I played with a bunch of friends, and we. Were- but we, I also like I like Naruto, and I like sure. I watched it and I watched Dragon Ball Z, so I guess i I also am taking it from a point where I'm invested in the stories.
0: absolutely, yeah. I mean, no, you're wrong if, uh, and I'm a not, fucking...
2: and I'm not invested in Mortal Kombat story. I couldn't tell you the storyline of any of them. I yeah, assume it's always yeah. a tournament and when you're just when, when to play turtles
0: it. come to Mortal Kombat, like that's not gonna be considered canon. I'm still gonna fucking love it, you know, oh, but yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know.
2: I know I like uh but like with Naruto, the, but the one that I was playing with a bunch of friends, there was it's based off a storyline. It's to
0: injustice, not to Mortal Kombat. Yeah,
2: uh, I was uh, it's based off a storyline in Naruto, and then there was uh cutscenes that added to the anime. Yeah. and gave like background of what was happening that kind of wasn't in the show. So there's stuff that they added to like expand the universe in tandem.
0: But as far as like what's considered a fighting game and what's what's competitive and what's casual, like I don't think there needs to be any distinction there. Uh, much like first-person shooters, um, the competitive scene will decide what's competitive and what's not. Yeah, you know. And
1: I think adding too many labels just will make it too complicated. And, yeah. Um, but so one of the fighting games that I that uh that I had been thinking about more recently, and whenever I think of Nidhogg, I think of that. I think of I. I'd like Bushido Blade to come back. Yeah. Sure. Um, like you know I. It's, man, I think I, last time I played Bushido Blade was 20 years ago, um, but it had a, like, that game, like, especially at the time, it had such, like, kind of a, such an original premise to me. Like, it still is. Like, something that I'd never seen before, and the whole idea of, like, you're not, like, we're going back to, you know, where, like, Seth Killian's whole approach with Rising Thunder is, like, not... Not really worrying about how to do the moves, but when to do them. And mm-hmm. that was kind of just, that was Bushido Blade's whole thing because, like, you know, you're, if you're second off, then like. But it's more important in Bushido Blade sure. than it is in Rising Thunder, though. I can say I've, I've never played Rising Thunder. Well,
0: because but... Rising Thunder, like, uh, yes, I know Bushido Blade isn't always one hit, one kill, but generally speaking. Yeah, mostly, yeah. It is, you yeah. know, whereas Rising
1: Thunder it still plays out like a normal fighting sure. game. Sure. Um, but yeah, especially with uh with the popularity of Nidhog, um and it and Nidhog very much being that, you know, that one-hit kill yeah. uh sort of thing. I I'd, I'd really love it if uh, if uh if if Square would be like, "Hey, let's make another let's, let's put out another Bushido, Bushido blade." I don't think it's ever going to happen, nah. but that would be really awesome. Um someone will make a successor. It sh- won't be them. Yeah. Um you guys, you guys how do you guys feel about Power Stone? I love it, man. Yeah. I love it. Uh,
2: I'm not very familiar, so I I have no opinion.
1: Okay, so Power Stone... Well, I'm going to use Power Stone 2 when I explain this to you. All right, so Power Stone 2 was... It was basically like... Okay, you know how, how Smash Brothers works, right? Yes. Okay, so imagine that, except move the view to an isometric point of view. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and you have you have you have your attack button, and you have your special attack button, and like throughout the level, like like weapons will be like like thrown into the to the mm-hmm. level, and you can use those to pick them up. Um, and you know they have all these different effects. Like there was a there's a uh, there was a laser gun that freezes people when you hit them with it. Okay. Um, the cool thing about it, one of the cool things I, I liked about it was. Um, well, two of them. So you have the you have the titular power stones, where if you pick up, if you manage to pick up three of them, then you turn into like a supercharged version of your character for a limited period of time, and you have like really powerful moves. And then you know it wears off. Uh, and one of the things. So
2: it's most comparable to Smash Brothers.
1: Um, a lot of you see a lot of comparisons there, but it's not. It's, it's very different. Well, I said most comparable because yeah. you can't like, yeah. compare it
2: to like it's, Street Like Fighter, if you it
1: like-, it's, like, it's it's easier to use uh, uh, Smash Brothers as like a. Platform for that explanation than any other okay. fighting game, um, but at this, but at Tom's right, they are like very, very different. Um, one of the so it, and like part of the fight was like people competing for these power stones because like you could if you hit someone hard enough, you knock out their power stone that they have to add to your collection, uh, and it was it was just a really cool game and give me all stones, yeah, and like power power stone two gave you the ability like every time you collected a weapon, you'd get a you would get a card. And then you c you can potentially combine two weapons to make a new one. Oh, cool. Um, it didn't always work, but like sometimes like you combine like 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 the skateboard with like the sword, I think, and like get inline skates or something like that. So it was it was a cool Makes game. Makes sense. Um those characters as far as I know were not drawn from any existing IP, so you don't really need that to go on. But it's a it's a it's a really cool game. I don't think right. ever, it's a Capcom, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, it's funny because
0: they've done so like people know them for Street Fighter, right? And MVC as well. Uh used to be Darkstalkers, not so much nowadays. But yeah. like they've done so many things with the genre that people forget about like Power Stone, like Rival Schools, you know. Yeah. Um Rival Schools was really And I'd like cool. I'd like to see them do something new. Yeah. Uh don't get me wrong, I I love Street Fighter still. Mm-hmm. I I don't think Street Fighter 5 is a bad
1: game, but uh I'm excited for the re release. Yeah. Yeah. Like Street Fighter Five is not a bad game, but uh am I wrong in, in uh in thinking that you think that, that you think that there are better Street Fighter games than Five? I think there are very
0: few Street Fighter games better than Five. Okay. Uh I think Street Fighter Five is phenomenal from a fighting game standpoint. It just like we said, it is unable to appeal to everybody. Yeah. And hopefully Arcade Edition fixes that, but I think it's kind of too
1: little too late. Yeah. We'll see. Do you, do you think that's, like, the main thing that hurt the sales is the is uh, the lack of the arcade mode?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, like, you, the netcode wasn't great day one, but, like, day two, I had no problems with the netcode at all. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's also the fact that it was not available on on Xbox, I guess. That could have hurt it. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely. The lack of an arcade mode, uh, I think, hurt it quite a bit. There, it had everything going for it, like... It brought it back to the basics, so it's easier for newcomers than something like the, uh, Ultra 4. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a great-looking game. It's, like, fucking... Uh, it, to me, it looks better than 4. The, the characters aren't so bulky. They're still bulky, but they're yeah. not so crazy-looking. It's, you know... Nobody like Ken's banana it here. It doesn't look like MVC Infinite. Like, it looks good. Yeah. You know, it's they, they promised... Uh, they promised no different editions, which yes, I know Arcade is coming out, but that is not the same. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know.
2: What do you think has had the best, like, fighting game music? Like, as you fight?
0: Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Hands down. Street Fighter 2. What
2: about, gonna take you for a ride?
0: You know I hate
1: that. <laughs> and that's right. also not as you fight, so. That song is actually terrible, though. Yeah. <laughs> it was just awful. It just, who wrote that? That's gross. I wrote that. Uh, actually, speaking of, I remember uh, the first time Tom showed me uh, Street Fighter V. That main menu music, pretty good. A lot of the Street Fighter main
0: mu- uh, main menu music is fantastic. Like I, we talked about this. The vanilla version of Street Fighter
1: Four, that theme, I love it. Yeah, and they took it and away they from you. they took it away. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I every time a fighting game comes out, I find that I am. I'm intrigued enough by it to look at some videos or whatever. Um, but I'm not enough of a fighting game guy to like. I probably wouldn't consider buying it as much as you would probably consider it.
0: Well, I remember you, uh. You had tried for a little while to get competitive with Killer Instinct.
1: Yeah, and that's funny because. And then,
2: uh, I, and then I beat him in a match. And he yeah, and right
1: then I, I just killed that dream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was the first game where, like, I actually considered that idea. Yeah. Um, Because uh, normally it was like. Like, uh, with, you know, Dead or Alive, or, uh, I like, I played Dead or Alive because I wanted to see the story for everybody, and I liked, I like survival mode and Finding Games. I think that's great. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I like Soul Calibur because, I don't know, it was Soul Calibur, you know. But. Well,
0: Soul Calibur had, like, the weapons thing and, like, the yeah. dungeon crawl aspect of it yeah. back in the day. Uh, like, you but. know, unlocking
1: the different weapons for, for different characters. That was fun. Yeah. But uh, something it was something about Killer Instinct, and I don't know if it was. I think what it was was um, I think that it took me until my adulthood to understand how combos in that game worked. Mm-hmm. Um because until then, like, I I remember, like, as a kid, like, I'd watch, like, watching it in the arcade, like, I would always wonder, like, how are people doing that? Yeah. Like, how 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 is somebody I getting re- a 64-hit combo? That doesn't make any sense. Right. I remember
2: when you were working on that, when we were watching the videos of, like, yeah. six-minute long combos.
1: Yeah. Uh, and it was like, just- someone did, like, don't do an 800-hit combo. That's fucking obnoxious. I mean, it's cool to look at it to a point, but...
2: I mean, do it for the YouTube video, not... F-
1: yeah, sure. Nothing for else. Um... But, like, I used to, like, used to just, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. And I think that when I finally understood, you know, the, the basis of how combos worked and how they were linked together in that game. Right. Uh, I think that was the first, that was, for me, that was kind of like, my, felt like my, like the first time I'm really playing Killer Instinct. Well, it's funny because when you jump into Killer Instinct, immediately you're like, this is like Street Fighter. Yeah.
0: And then you very quickly learn that it's not. Yeah. You know,
1: but. I mean, aesthetically, it looks very much like it.
0: I mean from a gameplay standpoint yeah. though even yeah. with, um with 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 inputs and the way that the game functions yeah. uh meters and and that you know things of that nature uh are very very similar. Free to play
1: was an interesting choice to go with on that game. Um but you know I you know I very much enjoyed my time with it and I you know time like you know from time to time I do consider jumping back into it. Um like uh one of our uh, like our our friend James was talking about how uh, he was playing Killer Instinct with some friends, and I was like, and that made me think I was like, hey, I maybe boot up that Killer Instinct again. Yeah. Um, I know you've been playing some Injustice as well. Yeah, Injustice is great, and I understand. I do understand your concerns about that game. I do. Um, it, I mean, but I don't know enough about fighting games to know whether or not it affects the gameplay as much as you're concerned about. Also, I,
0: I also, know enough about fighting games to tell you that it does without having played that game. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> now if it's just you and me playing on the couch, or if we have
1: like house rules, you know, I'm pretty sure though there's also a mode that disables that stuff, and so, that's good. We're talking about armor, the that's armor good. Uh, stuff in the game. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a mode that that disables that stuff.
0: It's funny because like there's there's two ways of looking at it, right? Like, do you want a huge roster, which can be great, right? In in a crossover fighting games, it's fantastic to see all these characters you love, uh, or do you want a balanced game? Yeah. And it's extremely rare that you get both.
1: Well, I know that you were concerned about balancing with Mortal Kombat X, as far like with the variant system that they mm-hmm. have for each character. Mm-hmm. Um, like so, knowing what you know about fighting games, like how how like how those how those concerns like really come into play when like actually sitting down with the game
0: when playing online. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I'll I'll say this Tekken Seven. Yeah, I've spent way more time with, and I'm w- much more comfortable with Mortal Kombat. Yeah. But I spent way more time with Tekken 7 uh, because Tekken 7 is balanced. Okay. You know, there is no way to balance Mortal Kombat 10. It's yeah. impossible.
2: Are you, are you saying the Force is balanced?
0: It's just one of the most important things in that style of game. Yeah. And so, Nate, did
1: you just make a Star Wars joke on our podcast? <clears throat> well,
2: I, would, I would never do that. You know,
0: how many... I would, why would I? How many characters are there in Mortal Kombat 10? I don't know. 20-something? 30-something?
2: Well, I don't think 30.
1: I don't
0: think 30. But between twenty and thirty, sure. right? Yeah, you have to multiply that number by three. Yeah, and balance all of those. Yeah, you know,
1: like like the the difference between each variant are slight, but they are there. Yeah, um, yeah, and I don't know. I think that I think the game might would probably have been better without that. Yeah, um, that's why nine's better. Nine is the best one. Nine is a pretty great game. Um aged, though. Sure. Did you ever (laughs) play Mortal Kombat uh, Armageddon? No, but I wanted to. Uh, That game is not... Well... I didn't like that game. Um... I know they had like every single character ever in there. Yeah, every that. every character in Mortal Kombat history was playable and I think that because of that they were just like, uh, we're not going to give everybody their own fatality. Yeah. Uh so they had to the create a fatality system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I didn't particularly care for because I feel like uh I feel like their fat- the fatalities are as much of part of the character as their other moves. What's um, funny is like a lot of people don't realise nine's a direct sequel to that. Mm. And as a matter of fact, yeah, it, it's yeah, it is because uh the opening the opening cinematic to Nine is mm-hmm. very much Mortal Kombat on When we were talking about
0: uh games we, we talked about, I brought specifically Nine and King's Quest, the new King's Quest are games that are remakes, sequels, mm-hmm. uh, and
1: and uh, reimaginings like all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh Mortal Kombat Nine is but Mortal Kombat Nine is uh, a really good um uh, really good. Um, what's the word? I I can't find the word. But it's like it the it does a really good job of like putting the, together the first three games of. Uh, oh yeah. Of the of the franchise. Um, and it is cool to see kind of like, it is cool to see all that stuff like come out as you're playing the game. Um, I, I think I think Mortal Kombat Nine is probably. Uh, I think out of all the fighting games I've played over the past decade, I have to say I probably put the most time into that one yeah um but that was the first time i also the first time i ever considered myself to be decent at mortal kombat sure um it's a great game um also yeah. the last time i was able to play a striker i miss you striker striker was great yeah. uh,
0: well i don't know <laughs> i know, <you> know. <laughs> All right time for police brutality what's he say <laughs> he says police brutality coming up yeah which is you know I just like is... I like characters uh, like Yuri and like Striker uh, where you can uh, hold a move. Yeah. Like with Striker's pistol, uh, you can do the button prompt. And yeah. as long as you're holding down the action button, sure. it doesn't go off until you decide to let it go off. Yeah. I love that shit. But uh, anyway, shit? we're like... About halfway through, so I figured we should talk about game of the year. Uh, I was
2: about to say it's half. our
0: last show of the year, so half.
2: Did you did you get any champagne to celebrate?
1: No, no. Oh, fuck Tom. You're the you're the fancy person here with your champagnes and your wines and your uh, probably cheeses. Just real quickly, not that many. Uh, I asked our
0: Discord what they what their game of the year was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rez says that's either Horizon or Assassin's Creed Origins for him. Okay. What do you guys think about those games? I haven't played uh, either. Well, You've played
1: both, haven't you? I've, I haven't played enough of Assassin's Creed Origins to like really weigh in on that one. Yeah. Uh, Horizon, good game. Wouldn't make it in my game of the year list, though. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, Corey.
0: So, Corey uh, picked games that he played this year. Okay. I don't think any of them came out this year. Sure. <laughs> I was actually wondering uh, whether or not,
1: like, how we how we were doing that.
0: I'm only doing games that came out this year. Okay. Uh, Corey says Titanfall Two. Okay. Uh three okay. fourths Home, which I cannot stand. That game. Yeah. I really hate that game, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Actual Sunlight, which maybe. is a very depressing game, but very good. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they just like it. Maybe Canadians just like that game better. Yeah. And uh, Abs. Ab- so what Abs did is like. Games that were uh, decorated as game of the year, at some point, he picked his favorites of those. <laughs> uh, and he picked Morrowind and Oblivion. Okay. So, okay, man. I, I like that everybody took it in a different direction. That's <laughs> really funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
1: look, there are no wrong answers. Except, Corey, your answers are wrong.
2: No, nah, so. Corey, you're, you're Yeah, opinion, Three or is Home is a your terrible opinion, game. Your opinion is valid and you're allowed to have it.
0: For now, See, now you <laughs> haven't played Three Four's Home, so once you play that, yeah, come back.
2: Uh, I've been thinking about it. Uh, I probably the game. I'm gonna have two answers here because I want to. Okay. The game that I have enjoyed. I have
0: got like six, so it's fine. He's got like six.
2: The game that I have enjoyed the most this year. Okay. Is Persona. Okay. Um, I really got into it. I even re- like replayed it. So yes, uh, you did
1: yes, you did, you did.
2: But I wouldn't say it is the best game I played. Okay. I I would uh, I really, really, really thought Breath of the Wild was like. It felt so organic. There mm-hmm. was so many good things. I, 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 I. it deserves the all I think all the awards it gets. Yeah. It has that Legend of Zelda feel, but also taking it a new direction and doing it well. And I think, yeah, definitely game of the year.
0: Okay. Did you play that champions ballad DLC? Did, did you do no, that? No, because Is that I've the been one with the motorcycle? It is. Yeah. Did you get the motorcycle, Thomas? No, not yet. Mm. Master Cycle Zero, I think it is. Ah. Something like that. Mm.
2: So, yeah.
1: That's cool. Uh, I have not played that game. So, I don't know anything about it.
2: Well, I'm about to forget my Switch, so I'll, get, I'll let you uh, borrow my Wii U and you can play it on there.
1: Uh, thank you. If you want. Sure. I, I'm going to be honest. I'd probably be too lazy to hook it up, though.
2: I'll come over and hook it up for you.
1: <laughs> and put the controller in your hand. <laughs> and play
0: for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... It's hard to choose one, but I'm going to try to. What I've got here is uh, Breath of the Wild, of course. So Breath of the Wild, I think, is neat uh, because of... Well, one, because it it changes open world games. And you will see people copying it. Games take a while to develop, so I think there'll be a few years. But I think you will see copies. Right. Um, It it allows for player agency in a way that I don't think anybody expected. There's things that people have come up with uh, that you think, like... I'm the only person that thought to do this. And it's like, no, Nintendo put that in there, you know. Um,
2: It's a a very thoughtful game.
0: Yeah, I mean, things like conducting electricity through weapons, uh, things like flying, like that's not a mechanic that you're ever told about,
1: but you can fly in that game if you know how to do it. Right. Uh (laughs) I think giving... It's enough
2: PCP, that's all you need.
1: (laughs) I think designing a game in a way that makes it so you feel like you're the one who came up with that solution is a very powerful and important thing. Uh what remains of Edith
0: Finch oh. I think is just a phenomenal game. It oh. and it it uh it does Walking Sims in a way that I've not seen before, which I like a lot. Uh Mario Odyssey is just fantastic. It's Mario. Uh mm. it plays it safe, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. Stories Untold uh was really important to me. I really that game really uh struck a struck a chord with me. Yeah. And uh it also does new things to that genre. Splatoon 2 does new things to that genre. Battleship Brigade. So like the common thread here, with the exception of Mario Odyssey, is all these games uh, are in genres that have existed for a long time, but all of them do new and exciting things to them. If I have to pick one, it probably has to be The Finch though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would put Persona on there, but I haven't played it yet. Persona would probably win. Had I played that this year, that probably would win. But <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's
2: so good. That's, that's
0: just an assumption.
2: It's so good, but like,
0: but uh, but, like, but
2: as far as like, Persona's so good, but I didn't feel like it was as innovative as Breath of the Wild, and that's what won Breath of the Wild over.
1: Right, you know, Tom. Knowing what I know about you, and also in, within co- in comparison to the games that you have on that list, uh-huh. I think that you would have liked Persona Five a lot. Yeah, I don't know that it would have been your game of the year, though.
0: I don't know, man. I hold four, especially four golden, in very high regard. Sure. You know? sure, Um I think that's one of the best RPGs ever made. Yeah, uh, ever. What remains to be with Finch, though? Like, I don't know. That game's just so. Fucking neat and unique, and there's nothing like it. Like,
2: I really enjoyed playing. There's
0: comparisons to Gone Home, but like Gone Home is not like this game at all. Yeah, you know, Uh, it's fantastic.
2: Would you say it's similar to comparing Brawl and Power Stone?
1: (laughs) Sure, sure. I feel like uh, Remains of Eden Finch is very much like that. As is closer to uh, that movie Big Fish, starring Ewan McGregor. And mm. if
2: you uh, aren't familiar with the game and you're just listening, uh, we do watch that. Big Fish. We have a we we have a playthrough of Manservius Finch.
0: Watch yeah, it. what was that? Two hours long? I don't probably less than that. Honestly, yeah. you, if you know what you're doing, you can run through that game in ninety minutes. Yeah. I don't think but, we finished uh, it though. Yeah, we did. Oh, I did. I don't, maybe you left, but I finished it.
2: <laughs> well, did you record are you finishing it? Yep. Oh yeah. shit.
0: Uh, you'd know that. Yeah, if you were here, you'd you <laughs> <have> done that. <laughs> but no, just it's, just, it's, with it's you. just a great game, and there's nothing quite like it. Yeah. And uh, Giant Sparrow is phenomenal. If you plan on playing this, play The Unfinished Swan first. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Uh,
1: I think the story, the stories uh, that Edith uh, uh, Finch was telling, were like in the short time that you spend with each member of the Finch family, like they tell these like really moving. And interesting stories, and yeah. just the
2: aesthetics of it are beautiful. Yeah, and they and they change and they shift with the tone of the story too. And it's it is it is fantastic. It's
0: a short game, but I played
1: it four times that week. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, the just what mm. the the feelings that they can evoke with like with each story, and like like what is it like? Like we're talking like five or ten minutes. Like in the the feelings yeah. that, that, that you that the, the what they can do with that with that small amount of time is I thought was really remarkable. Um. You know, of course, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about any of them in in detail because I, you know, play go play the game. But
2: uh, I'll watch your video, whatever one, whichever one.
1: Sure, if that's if that's how you what you prefer, sure. Um,
2: what would it be your game of the year, Ryan?
1: Uh, I think it's well, Doom again. <laughs> <laughs> there was a remaster that came out this no, um, that would be kind of cool though, though very unnecessary. Well, the Switch version came out and VFR came out. Sure. sure. <laughs> Uh, man, if I had a switch, that could be my game of the year again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no. Um, so I actually, I didn't play a lot of games that had come out this year because I was so busy getting caught up on games that came out last year that I missed out on, but the games that I did play, um, you know, I, you know, I liked quite a bit. So I have a few games. I have, um... I have Wolfenstein Two, new, the new Colossus. Of course,
2: Yakuza.
1: Uh, uh, Yakuza also. But okay, so Wolfenstein. I'm just gonna lead with my game of the year. Wolfenstein Two, the new Colossus, is my game of the year. Um, and I talked about this last week, where, um, you know the the gameplay. It's like if you've if you've played uh if you've played you know uh the first wolfenstein it's uh, the first uh wolfenstein reboot it was uh, very much a lot of a lot more of that but what they did with the story of bj blazkowicz and the people around him was just like a really amazing thing to me and the idea that i the idea that i was playing a wolfenstein game and feeling the things that i did while going through that story was like was really awesome to me cuz it was just you know I never in a million years would have expected to care about what was happening in Wolfenstein but I definitely did um and then of course there's uh uh Hellblade Sinuous Sacrifice which um you know um uh, it's it's you know it's a much shorter game but you know that like that adventure was It you know it was a really cool one but at the same time was like a really honest and and important one i think and i think that i said this before when i first played it uh, earlier this year that i felt like that game was in to me one of the most important games that came out this year um the things that it talks about was like mental illness and you know that whole story of of loss and you know, attempted redemption is just a really cool thing. And like the, like, you know, Sinua's you know, battle with like demons, like both within and without. And it's just, it was just a really awesome thing. And also a very interesting turn for Ninja Theory, who until that point had been known for like, you know, like really fast paced action pat games. You know, when I think Ninja Theory, I think, I think DMC, I think, uh, I think enslaved, I think games like that. And to see, a game that was very much a shift in tone, uh, but also still very good. Um, I think really underscored, you know, the talent of that studio. I
0: think it's also like an important game because it shows that games can be published and developed differently sure. and still work and still be worth doing and successful. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, in a landscape where people are so concerned about loot boxes and pay to win and and the falling the falling out of of mid tier development. Uh, it shows that it can
1: still work and can still be a viable thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they, they developed that game on a, on a comparative, on a relatively, uh, modest budget. And, um, but they were very resourceful with, like, the assets that they used and they are resourceful, uh, with, uh, with the talent that they acquired. And it's just a, it's just a real, it's a, that game is, like, Tom had me sit down and actually watch the, uh, the documentaries. Uh, the the developer diaries of that game and it's just it's really getting that additional perspective like really actually makes that game all the more amazing um still going on by the way yeah uh also uh just like in terms of like just like straight up fun uh ruiner man i love that game a lot um and it's it's by it's by it's published by a uh by a devolver who, like, because of like, when I think about their catalog and all the things that they release and have released over, uh, the the years, like I, I'm like, man, this might be my favorite publisher because they, they make games that kind of, you know, kind of speak to my sensibilities a lot. But anyway, Ruiner is like, it's like, it's stylish and it's 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 fun and it's like it's really basic at its core. But it's just—it's one of those games that's like—it's—it's gorgeous, but at the same time, it's just very visceral and and very uh, hard hitting, and I and I like that game a lot. Uh, I didn't play that game for the story because I honestly didn't care a whole lot about the story. I know that there is a story there, um, but it's—I'm interested to
0: sit down with it for sure. Like it looks great. I've I've wanted it since since launch. Just haven't pulled the trigger on it, but like uh, it's—I'm interested to see what I think of it. Yeah, you know. I've played a lot of twin stick shooters and I hear a lot of great things about ruiner and I hear a lot of
1: not so great things about ruiner. So I want to, I want to take a look and it's, it's, it's by no means like uh, a revolutionary game. Um, there's, there's a lot of things in that, and again, that have been done before, but the way that it, it combines those elements and the way that it presents them is really what's the star here. Um, you know, I just, that, that was again, that like I expected to like, and you know, you know i i came out i came out of it you know really 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 impressed yeah um yeah those are really the those are really the the three games that i managed to play that were released this year i did play assassin's creed origins but uh i you know i i I turned it off really early on because I was already in the middle of another well, World you've game. Well, and we have played a lot
0: of horizon too. I know yeah. you said that wouldn't be your game of the year, but yeah,
1: I played a lot of horizon. Um, and I haven't, I haven't seen that story through to its conclusion. Um, and don't get me wrong. I think, I think horizon is a very well-made game if, but it has some shortcomings to it that like, that I kind of, I find hard to ignore. Um, but you know, the combat in that game, it's, you know, it's very it's really fun. It's it's re- it's really awesome. The um, thing is, like, I don't... If I'm being honest, I don't care about Aloy as a character very much. Um, uh. Now, how do, we pick,
0: how do we pick our collective game of the year when oh, all of our games were so different? We, well,
2: don't, have, we, don't, we don't have to have yeah. one. Yeah,
0: I was thinking that, too, because we don't, like... All, well, we're going to have one. Okay. And it's Breath of the Wild, because, okay. all right. you okay. know, that's me and Shanae. We both had it on there, so... Uh, actually,
1: the game of the year is uh, Persona 5.
0: Well, she picked Breath of the Wild over Persona, so you lose, Ryan. I did. (laughs) (laughs) I lose. Um,
2: Uh, What were you wanting to plug, Tom?
0: Oh, yeah. Hold on. Plug it, Tom. So I know a lot of you guys uh, out there don't like IGN. I don't know why. Uh, well, because it's popular to hate what's popular. Oh, yeah. That's why but, people uh, tend to hate Call of Duty. Yeah. There's an article by Lucy O'Brien that went up on the 19th that I think everybody should take a look at. It's titled, Women in Video Game Development in 2017, A Snapshot. And it's just a really neat perspective, uh, especially if you were a male. So go read that and check it out.
1: Um, Ryan? I don't have anything to plug. But you won the trivia. I, d- I did, but... Uh oh, actually. Here we go. Here we go. Here we here we're, all right. <laughs> so you, I don't know if anybody is going to think this is lame, but I uh, I was talking to I was actually talking to you about this Tom the last time I saw you. Mm. Um, I watched all of Ash versus well, I watched the first two seasons of Ash versus the Evil Dead. Yes. Uh, on Netflix. Yes. Um, if you are a fan of the Evil Dead. And Army of Darkness movies, uh, and you like that sort of humor, and you like that sort of, you like the whole campiness of that. Ash versus the Evil Dead, I think will, uh, I think that will make a lot of people very happy. What if you're only a fan of the comic? Uh, well, you can compromise by liking Bruce Campbell. Okay. Did which you something? should no Sinead Sh- okay. you didn't win that's not the rules man <laughs> go ahead Sinead
2: I just wanted to play something uh um as pop- most people probably know uh, if you listen to a lot of podcasts uh the Nerdist po- podcast with Chris Hardwick uh I feel like they are you used lot- to
1: host Singled Out did you uh, ever watch that show no okay
2: uh I feel like a lot of them are hit or miss but I feel like that's a lot with a lot of uh interview podcasts uh bill skazgard the guy who did pennywise and the new it that's a cool name uh he skazgard uh i really really enjoyed uh his uh his uh episode that recently came out so check that out
1: his interview
2: well the podcast is like an interview format
1: mm. i have another thing i want to plug okay <laughs> <laughs> Let's just plug everything we've got in our doggins. Hey, it's,
2: it's, it's, the last, it's the last show. We can do whatever we want.
0: So, Rez Smith turned me on to a show turned, last night called... <laughs> I thought
2: you were going to... Rez Smith turned me on. Called Digging I'm in gonna, the
1: Carts.
0: Sinead, can I talk? Can I finish, Sinead?
1: Can I? Actually, Sinead, can Tommy finish? I want trivia. Can he finish? <laughs> uh, Rez
0: turned me on to a show called Digging in the Carts. It's a show on... On Red Bull Radio, which I did not know was a thing. I know we are not sponsored by Red Bull, but I could understand why you would think we were. Why you would think we were? Uh, you, I th- I'm pretty sure people think that we're sponsored by Red Bull, uh, Rockstar, and
1: McDonald's.
0: Yeah, it's only on Red Bull Radio. I tried to find it somewhere else because, unfortunately, you have to listen to this thing live for the most part. Yeah, uh, but it's just a really cool show about music and video games. I like those things and. Uh, it's a different guest each time, talking about different video games and different tracks from different video games, and
1: it's just really fucking cool. Right on. Oh, I want to plug one more thing. My birthday. Oh no. My birthday is in uh, is in three days. I know. So I turned I turned the big three three. So are you excited? You sound excited. I am. I mm. mean, I made it. I made it. You know, a thirty third time around the sun. You know. Mm-hmm. We'll see if there's a thirty fourth. You know, things, things. Life moves fast. You know, you never know what will happen. Yes, something you want to say to me, Shanae? Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's our show for this week, guys. Game of the year, Odin Sphere. Odin Sphere. Uh, game of the year. Uh, Wolfenstein again. Game sure. Of, game of the year. Uh, Doom on Switch. I haven't played it, but it's my game of the year for this year too just kind of just trivialize that whole thing but
0: (laughs) game of the year is kind of dumb really yeah i mean who cares
1: but it's otan's free okay but it's also new so um anyway that's it for this week guys uh hope you guys have a great christmas you'll be hearing this after the christmas or holidays or whatever you know whatever it is you celebrate this time of year um wish me a happy birthday uh also uh we won't be talking to you before the new year i don't think uh but i hope you have a happy new year this has been the save continue podcast with ryan robinson shanae howard oh you can talk shanae
2: bye guys and tom shelby (laughs) we've
1: been
0: streaming more so come watch that goodbye bye